0: warning this podcast may contain explicit content listener discretion is advised welcome back to the noisemaker podcast where we interview bands that you may have never found anywhere else we are your number one spot for discovering all new music get to know artists understand what drives them and hear from some of their top tracks join me your host rocky farenberg as we give rise to the underground world of music and set out to do what so many others have failed to be a staple for the independent musician now let's Let's make make some noise. noise
1: dirt roads, old dogs in country stones. a handshake and a smile never go out of style where I come from, pickup trucks and cold beer, cruising on a John Deere, a simple way of life to feel so right. Suntans with a cool breeze Shade under the maple trees An old swimming hole where all the local folk go So jump on in Sparks fly in the moonlight A blue eyed dream the whole time You can let your hair down Shake it all around Got it all around and go wild when you're living country style. You're living country style. A little bit of country
0: style. Alright everyone, welcome back. This is episode 47 of the Noisemaker Podcast. If this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you're returning, then thank you. If you like what we're doing here, please like, subscribe, and rate us with a five-star review. We are on all your favorite streaming platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at NoisemakerPod. This is the Noisemaker Podcast, where we help you with that horrible problem that we all face, where to find new and original music. On the line with me is Tim Brick. How you doing, Tim?
2: Good, man. How are you doing?
0: Oh pretty well like we were talking about before the show got started here. I came up to um uh Boise, Idaho area for some job training and uh I've got all my podcasting stuff set up in the hotel and uh it's it, you know I listen to a lot of podcasts so I hear about other people doing it and I yep. was coming up here for it and I was like I guess I I got to be get to be one of those guys now so
2: <laughs> Well, welcome. Yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's good to meet
0: you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, you know, it's one of those things where like, uh, you know, spend all day sitting in orientation then come back up here and do the podcast and do schoolwork. And yeah, so I just, just got a busy day full of all kinds of stuff. So,
2: yeah, well, that's good, man. It's always good. If you're anything like me, you get to stay busy all the time. Whether, yeah. Uh, you know, that's when the trouble starts. <laughs> you got too much downtime. So I totally relate. You got to keep yourself busy, man.
0: Well, actually, yeah, I'm I. uh I actually am a truck driver so I'm up here uh training and I, I saw that uh you your dad actually was a over the road truck driver right
2: Oh yeah yeah um long distance uh he'd be out on the road for uh, 2 to 3 weeks at a time um, Oh yeah
0: yeah. See, and, and my dad lived on. Uh, we we. I grew up in Alaska, so my dad did the North Slope, so he was gone all the time as well. And oh yeah. Growing up, that was something I didn't really want to do. I didn't want to be away from my kids. So I've I've I did a little bit over the road stuff, but um, mainly I I try to stay local. And so um, now I'm actually back to uh, doing milk pickup. I did that when I first got started driving. Oh yeah. And so now I'm now I'm with a bigger company. Um, and this section of the company does milk pickups. So I've been, I started beginning of the year. So this, uh, uh, this, you know, is now the orientation and, and I've been, I've been working for two months with them already. And, and now I finally get orientation. So <laughs>
2: yeah. I don't know how Well, that that's works. cool, man. That was actually my uh, father's first, uh, job driving truck was for a milk company. Oh, really? And, uh, yeah. And my, and my uncle, my father's brother, uh, um, uh, owned a dairy farm up here in vermont for a number of years oh, and wow. uh yeah so now he now he logs uh full time and uh, but yeah it's uh it's you know long distance truck driving is kind of like a over glamorized thing especially <laughs> <laughs> back yeah. in the day it was romanticized you know and it's uh it's not what it's all cracked up to be it's uh, especially nowadays because you got gps's and um, oh, you yeah. know. They're really strict on the log books and, you know, you used to be able to get a, you know, kind of have a little elbow room and uh, bend the rules a little bit. Yeah, it's uh,
0: not what it used to be. I know that.
2: No, not at all. Well,
0: I I do want to jump in here. Kind of the way we start off the shows is kind of giving recognition to the bands. And I really think that's important, especially with bands or or artists that are, um, you know, singer songwriters or, you know, kind of have that. Kind of like you, Tim Brick is the name. Then you yeah. know the, everything is Tim Brick. So I think it's really important to um, kind of give a give a little bit of a section at the top of the show to highlight the people that are involved in the uh, other instruments and and other parts of the band. Oh, certainly. So kind of give us a rundown on who who kind of plays with you or plays on the albums. People that were really uh, in you know, uh, no pun intended, instrumental in uh, <laughs> creating uh, the, the sound that you have.
2: Well, uh, the first shout out, well, is the producer of the album. Um, his name is Colin McCaffrey, and he's a local guy up here in Vermont as well. And uh, he's uh, probably the best producer I've had the chance to work with. And he, um, he's, uh, I think, just as responsible for the sound of the record as, as you know, my songs. Um, and uh, for the studio, uh, we actually, I. At the time, I uh, brought in uh, a drummer, a friend of mine uh, named Russ Lawton, who is a fantastic drummer. Um, He's currently playing with a Trey Anastasio band, and uh, he's touring all over uh, with Trey Anastasio. And um, then for the pedal steel, um, I brought in um, a guy uh, named Eric O'Hara, who actually uh, tours and plays with the Gibson Brothers. they i think right now they're touring the northeast but uh they're kind of a down-home country group um and as far as like my regular band on the road um uh, i have a gentleman by the name of george seymour who is uh, the pedal steel player um he also does banjo and fiddle and uh my bass player is a uh, the gentleman named scott Cornet, who is a uh, spent a lot of time in Boston. He is originally from Vermont. Um went to Berkeley uh, School of Music and uh, gigged down in Boston area for a number of years and then uh, returned home and that's kind of where I hooked up with him. And uh, last but not least uh, my drummer, my road drummer is a guy named uh, Gary Spaulding, Um fan, probably the best drummer <laughs> I've uh, played with and um he's uh, his signature to fame so to speak is uh He's in a band uh, called 8084 back in, uh, they were kind of like a, I'd call it, they were, they were an 80s band, highly influenced by, uh, you know, Journey, bands like that, yeah. and uh, they were almost signed, uh, Aldo Nova produced uh, their first album, and um, they were actually in the running to get signed, uh, I believe, by CBS Records, maybe it was CBS. It was them and Georgia Satellites. It came down between them. Oh, yeah, Georgia and,
0: Satellites. I remember and that. And the
2: record company went with the Georgia Satellites. So, oh. um, yeah. So, that close, you know. and. <laughs> uh, but uh, he's a wonderful guy. And, uh, you know, in some ways, you know, if they would have gone the other way, I would have probably never had a chance to play with him. So, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, the sound—the sound that you guys have been able to emulate—I uh, really like it. Really strikes me as kind of um, maybe a little bit older, maybe like '80s. I kind of had the uh, the bridge between it being the kind of '70s to '90s kind of feel. Um, oh yeah. You know, and yeah. you have really encapsulated that. I mean, even looking at your pictures, I mean, I think, I mean, I I'm looking at it, and it, I when I see you, I think of like um like a mixture between like Travis Tritt. And like long-haired country boy, you know what I mean. Like, like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's yeah, probably, definitely. Uh, it's probably the long hair that sets it off, you know.
2: Yeah, well, Travis Trud is definitely an influence of mine. Um, I'll mix a couple of his songs in during the set live. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, we we do a few of his, and uh, you know, it's kind of like that. Uh, I'm a big Southern rock fan, and so obviously influenced by uh, that genre with Skinner and. Uh, Marshall Tucker, and uh, yeah, you know a a na- bunch of other ones, uh, the Outlaws, as well as, um, and of course, the outlaw country music in the 70s uh, with Waylon and uh, with Willie and uh, David Allan Coe, Hank Jr. Yeah, um, that's that's probably my favorite era of country music. Um, so I think it definitely comes through um, that my music kind of uh, is, I guess, retro sounding in a way, um, but. Uh, you know i always say it's retro sounding but that's there's a still a great scene for that um, type of music and there's artists coming up like Whitey morgan and cody jinx um sturgill simpson
0: sturgill you know, i've heard know. of sturgill before
2: yeah sturgill's um sturgill's probably one of my favorite new country artists right now because he's um, he's pushing the envelope, but he—I always say—he does it in an artistic way.
0: Didn't it's, didn't he do a, a Nirvana cover? In a, yeah, on his a, last
2: album, he did uh, "In Bloom." Yes, "In Bloom." That's yeah. my,
0: That's one of my favorite Nirvana songs, and uh, and yeah, I, I I heard that. That was a really great cover, and it was really it was arranged completely different. And yeah, he oh, nailed yeah. it. He nailed it. I loved it as a as a Nirvana fan growing up. Uh, hearing that, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and I, I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about this, kind of in this genre, this thing you've, I think you've kind of created. What, what is, uh, kind of define what you would, what you envision with the uh, term country with an edge.
2: Oh, well, I call that, uh, I guess, uh, you could take the word edge out and uh, substitute integrity. In there, if you wanted, (laughs) uh, because that's That's what I believe in
0: today's country, right? Oh yeah, Uh,
2: (laughs) there's a. I always say there's a growing uh, chasm in country music. You have one side where it's the pop country, it's the bro country, the modern country. That's basically the the machine is tied in to the fact that you know sixteen year old girls are out there buying a lot of, you know, I don't know CDs, but probably a lot of downloads. Yeah. Of these artists' music, and they're really, you know, they once the business kind of finds a target, they hone in on it and uh, they tend to beat it to death. And along the way, what gets forgotten is what country music really is, which is about a whole host of things. It's about real life and real people. And, um, you know, when I listen to the bro country stuff, I just get an impression like everything's a priority. Every day is just, you know, just this wonderful thing. And that's not really how uh, life is for a lot of people out there. Well,
0: Especially um, country folks, you know, that's really oh, yeah. not how it is. They, they
2: were yeah, people are struggling out there and they, they want artists that talk to them and um, relate to, you know, what they're going through. And uh, I think I always, you know, Jamie Johnson is an artist that I always bring up that um, I think has kind of led this integrity movement in country music. And you've got a lot of artists behind him that are uh, doing the same thing they've kind of uh but uh, you know they always say the first man through the wall takes the hits and uh so That's now you're one. starting to see these um you the c- crop of young artists coming up that really understand hey there's nothing wrong with what Waylon did back in the 70s and you know what Alan Jackson was doing back in the early 90s that that was some good stuff and you know, maybe instead of using a drum machine, we ought to use a, a drummer. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it's that's just my opinion. You know, there's yeah. people, there's obviously a lot of people out there that love uh, the real modern country pop sound, or else, you know, it wouldn't be up in the charts like it is. So,
0: yeah. Well, let's kind of talk about some of the songs. The uh, first song we heard at the top of the show is called Country Style. You want to tell us a little bit about that song?
2: Uh, sure. Um, that song is actually. I always uh, say uh, it was written while I was watching the Andy Griffith show and uh I was just kind of thinking back on you know how times were simpler and how things seem to be a lot more complicated now and although we have all this technology at our hands we we seem to be growing apart as a society and um, so it was kind of like that theme so I just sat there strumming out some chords and um I think uh, the following night I came back and wrote the lyrics and it's just really about simple living. That's, and uh, that's the way it is kind of up here in my home state of Vermont still. It's, we're in a very rural area and uh, everybody knows everybody and uh, it's kind of that deal, you know, kind of a very close knit community type feel.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely, uh, that's. I think that's definitely important, especially for uh, the credibility of country artists. I think that you get, um, especially with the advent of this pop country movement, I think you get a lot of people that are, I mean, I don't want to cast stones, but you know, are, are fake cowboys, you know?
1: And- yeah, yeah. And it's, so I think
0: it's really important, especially if you're promoting this idea of integrity, country. You know, I think that's important to to be who you who you are in your music, outside of the music as well.
2: Oh, I agree. And uh, you know every every song I sing, the least of my songs, I've lived. They're they're just about real life, and uh, that's what I try to do. I try to just kind of connect with the. Um, you know, just the the basic emotions that everybody has, and uh, I I don't when I write a song I don't try to get so um, focused in on a certain thing. I kind of like to leave it a little generalized for the listener to kind of make up their own imagery too, and yeah. to, and connect in their own way. And uh, that if someone asks me what country music is, in my opinion, that's what it is. It's real life, real stories about real people.
0: So the song we're getting ready to hear is called Busted in Texas. You kind of want to do the same thing, kind of give us the rundown on that one?
2: Oh, sure. Yeah, that one's autobiographical totally, (laughs) um, because I lived in Austin for a little bit, and then I I moved down to San Antonio uh, and lived there for a little bit and kind of played uh, in central Texas for a little while. And, um, yeah, that basically is all about uh, my struggles down there, because you play for tips. A lot and um you know there's a lyric in there um, where i got a flat on i-70 heading to a gig at the continental club you know <laughs> which is true um and uh, yeah it's just uh, kind of that feeling when i was down there it was like uh, i was i was just working constantly working hard and hard and uh, it just it felt like um i was kind of working um uh, you know a circle in the dirt so to speak i think that's what the opening lyric you know i'm like a dog hound dog put out on a chain running around in circles never getting nowhere and uh so it's just that's basically what that song is about just kind of like the struggles and kind of describing you know what it's like to be a musician um gigging and having the pitfalls and all that so
0: great well this is going to be Tim Brick, busted in texas
1: i Texas, and I'm sinking, losing faith in all I believe in. busted in Texas, and I'm sinking.
0: I kind of wanted to ask about um, I was reading that you were nominated for um, the Independent Country Music or independent or you were nominated by the Independent Country Music Association for Best yeah. Male Artists in 2013, 2014. I-, I read here, unfortunately, you didn't uh, you didn't pull out the big W, but um, kind of kind of talk to us a little bit about what you know what that's like being nominated for uh, an-, an award like that.
2: Oh, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. It's a, I don't know. I'm kind of a split personality on it. I'm kind of one half of me is like, I don't really, it doesn't really matter to me about all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah. You know, as long as I get a good song that I I can write and, uh, but at the same time, you know, it's, it's nice to be uh, recognized. Um, and, uh, it kind of that stuff gives you a little bit more validation among your peers and in the business um, that, you know, you're serious and, um, you know, you might have a little bit of talent, I guess. <laughs> 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 it's, uh, it's a tired thing to talk about in a way it's is, you know, the winning wasn't even important to me. I, it, it didn't matter to me at all. But when I found out I was nominated, you know, it, you know, it made me feel pretty special. And uh, it was just a good feeling overall just to be recognized and know that, Hey, okay, I guess I'm doing something right.
0: Yeah, well I mean I I also had read that you were, you know, you started taking the stage as a musician around about the age of 12 and so I mean it's got to <laughs> feel good, you know, to to you know, have almost that hard work kind of pay off. I mean even if it's even if you didn't pull out the big W, I mean even being nominated yeah. for something like that it shows that people are, you know, you're on people's radar and uh and you're being acknowledged for, you know, the hard work you've put in. So I I mean I feel the same way about you know, I don't want to you know get hung up on war awards and titles and and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, you also just had this this recent album uh, just passing through uh, actually actually won an award. That was the uh, 2017 uh, Tammy Award. It was a 2017 Tammy Award winner, right? That's what it, that's the award. Yeah,
2: was. that's an award up here in uh, my state of Vermont up here that they uh, do um at the end of the year they uh they look back on the previous year and uh all the releases and uh it's not just they they don't just do music of course uh they'll do uh theater and uh all sorts of things oh
0: nice so you're and, competing uh, in a bunch of different fields kind of you know
2: well yeah they'll do nomin- what they do is like kind of in the your category they'll do like five nominees so uh, uh when i was nomin- i was nominated against um got I think four local I think three of them were all friends of mine actually the fourth one I'd never <laughs> met and uh I didn't even know I'd won um somebody texted me
1: a friend of mine and he's like oh
2: congratulations on your award and I'm like oh cool I was like what are you talking about <laughs> so he's like oh you won the uh 2017 Tammy award and uh so I hopped online and I went to the website and sure enough, I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. And, you know, that that was special, too, because that's from, you know, that's always that's like a local thing. Um, you know, it's always good to get support from um, <clears throat> your home base. So, yeah. to speak, And uh, and especially up here in Vermont, because uh, uh, the media exposure uh, for music artists, um, especially country artists, is uh, extremely limited. Um, uh uh-huh.
0: I, I would you would have imagine, to get out so. of
2: Vermont to be heard. So
0: well, what what about this is your uh this is actually your fourth album release for, from what I was reading. And so, uh I mean, what about the other three albums? Did they gain any type of um no, notoriety like like you've seen with this one or or
2: Oh, no, no. This one was definitely uh <clears throat> uh the zenith or the height so far. <laughs> um which has been good. It's it's kind of like a progression. I like to see growth. And um my first CD, um, was all right. I had, a, I had some good players, but the problem was, um, I was the producer and I was the engineer on the album uh-huh. and, um, <clears throat> I wasn't the best person for that job. Uh, and, uh, so therefore, you know, the album is all right, but it's not, it's not, um, what I think we were capable of. Yeah. Um, then the second album, uh, actually, uh, was better uh the songs were better the production was better and we kind of upped the game a little bit um and locally it did all right and uh so then i did an ep after that uh three song ep and then i that's when i first worked with colin mccaffrey uh the producer of uh, my last my current album and uh that instantly brought my game up to a new level doing that EP. So when I came, went back into the, when I had the songs ready for the, the latest album, um, I contacted Colin, I asked him if he would like to produce it. And he, he was psyched to do it. Um, and, uh, you know, my goal was, I, I said, I, I want to make, it's got to be at least the same level. You can't go down. There's no yeah. going back. You, there's only going forward. Um, so in that sense that I feel this album has gotten the attention it has because Uh, of that I think everyone was conscious of that factor that was involved in making it and uh, you know I'm not ashamed of anything I've ever done but I'm glad that I've seen growth um, so far you know throughout my brief career so uh, as long as that keeps going I'll I'll be a happy camper
0: (laughs) yeah we we all definitely want to see progression and that's kind of what my band we're getting ready next week we'll be up uh, back up here in Boise um, yep. Recording our album, and uh, nice. I mean that's kind of the same thing. We want to make sure that that um, that we are at the same level or better than what we were before. I mean, preferably better, obviously, you know. Oh yeah. <clears throat> now I am a songwriter, and I've been a songwriter for a long, long time, and I think that it's always interesting to be able to kind of pick someone's brain about songwriting. Mm-hmm. So what? Uh, if we were going to sit in on a Timbrick writing process, what, what would that look like?
2: Um, well, that's just basically me sitting down with an acoustic, everything I write comes off an acoustic. Um, and then I got what I call basically, you know, the, it's my, my black book, so to speak, which has got all my ideas and, um, you know, song title ideas, lyric ideas. um, But I usually try to sit down. The first thing I do is um, I just try to find like a melody. That's the that's the main thing. I want to hunt down the melody. And uh, if I can find a good melody, then I start, you know, you find the chords to it. And um, from there, um, you know, you you get onto the subject matter of what you're trying to tackle. That's one way. But I've also had it where I, uh, for instance, there's a song on my uh, new record called "Running in the Night." When I was down in Texas, I would I was working this job that I would have to, you know, do the early shift, so I would be driving in at night. And uh, so I'm just driving, and I got this melody in my head, and it just won't get out of my head. And finally, you know, I'm just driving. Uh, the song, uh, the term "Running in the Night" came out, and it fit <laughs> perfectly. And I worked that song from that point. I worked it from the inside out and uh, so I built songs like that Um, any idea I have I always write down uh, old song titles especially um, because they come back I mean I I have one on this a a new song that I wrote that will be on my next album called one step from falling and uh, I saw that song uh, that title was on the marquee it was the name of a band a heavy metal band that was playing in my town. They were doing a show. <laughs> that's cool. Local metal, you know, and yeah. uh I just saw the name on the marquee and I was like, Wow, that's a cool that would make a great song title. So I wrote <laughs> it down in my book, you know. I think yeah. you know, I never heard of the band ever again. And uh so I had this chord progression and this melody, and I went looking through my book and I saw that title. And um so I I worked that's another one I kind of jumped around I had the chord progression but then I worked I got the the hook and then worked it from the inside out from there so yeah it's
0: always there's interesting. there's no
2: wrong or right way of doing it it's the muse comes to everybody in its own particular way I guess
0: and yeah it's always interesting how how we can uh how we create music you know and how how that kind of comes to fruition and I mean it is I mean I get that with most everybody that comes on the, the show they talk about how um you know, how it's different for a lot of songs. And, and it really is. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, we also all kind of have a, a standard format that we kind of, you know, a lot of us, we get set in our ways once we... Find
2: oh, yeah, you form. fall into a pattern. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, like, you know, all this, bri- you know, this... This verse is like eight measures long. I have to now begin to go into the chorus here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, can't write a can't write a a verse that's too long. You know.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean, I'll actually tell you a secret that probably that isn't on my website. But back in the day, when I was a young young kid in high school, um, I started out in uh, hard rock and metal. Oh really. Yeah, I used to play in a thrash band in high school back in the early 90s. Oh,
0: wow, cool.
2: And we did, you know, uh, Megadeth, Testament. (laughs) Uh, Pantera just broke with Cowboys from Hell, so we were, like, really into them. And um, so it's... And we used to write songs that were, like, seven, eight minutes long, you know? (laughs) Which was no problem. Of course, yeah. But now, with what I'm doing... Now, if I get into, like, you know, close to five minutes, I think I'm, like, in Bohemian Rhapsody all of a sudden. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm totally not used to writing in that way anymore, and uh, it, it's funny because I'll go back and listen to some of my old uh, recordings with uh, these bands and uh, kind of my writing back then, and it, it's funny to see how it's kind of changed, and... Uh, um A a lot of things that helped with my writing as well, I'll just throw in real quick, is uh, I studied um, a little bit of music theory Uh. in high school. And that really helped me uh, to build bridges in my writing, um, to be able to think Mm -hmm. of, you know, oh, I'm hearing this song and I want to go here. And what, you know, kind of theory allows you to, um, you know, build a bridge to get to that point. And uh, so that's definitely helped me a lot.
0: So the the next song we're going to hear is called That's Country. You want to kind of give us the uh the breakdown on that.
2: Oh, sure. That's uh basically, you know, I um in this song I, I really throw in a lot of my influences. Um like uh Waylon Jennings is my all-time favorite uh country musician.
0: It's a good one to have.
2: Yeah, he's um uh, you know, he he to me showed me that you can play country music with the rock and roll attitude. <laughs> and uh, and get away with it, as long as, you know, it's genuine. And uh, so I, I mentioned him in the song, of course, Willie, and uh, I think Jerry Reed I mentioned in there. But uh, it's, it's all about kind of uh, the first verse. I kind of describe where I come from, you know, uh, with my father being a truck driver, and then um, uh, just throughout the song kind of uh, pay homage to the things that I, I like about uh, country music. And uh, there's a couple mentions in there of things that I I miss about today's country music. Like, I think there's a line in there that uh, I haven't heard a pedal steel in a country mile. Yeah. Uh, Because you don't hear, you know, I love the pedal steel guitar, but you don't hear it a lot on modern country today. Not a lot, Um, no. You see, it's weird, because you see a pedal steel player up on the stage (laughs) when you come see these (laughs) bands, but you never really hear them. (laughs) I'm like, you know so and it's a shame because uh, it's such a to me it's such a cornerstone instrument of uh of the country that I enjoy yeah and uh so that's kind of a basic thing about a that's country it's it's just kind of a little background on me i would say
0: right well this is going to be tim brick that's country
1: Since way back then The country moved out And the pop moved in My heartache rolls With every turn of the dial Lord, I ain't heard a pedal Still in a country mile Put me on that old dirt road In a beat-up truck crank cranking George Jones. Good-hearted woman But he's my soul on some more With a long neck bottle. Seems the only way that I can ease my troubles. These tailor made looks and those plastic smiles. City slicker sound ain't got no style. Put me ¡Gracias!
0: back to tim brick for just a few more minutes um got a few more uh, little questions here before we wrap up um i noticed that uh through reading like your bio and stuff that you did a lot of traveling around you've moved a lot of different places and now you're settled back in um back in vermont back in your home yep. um so kind of kind of walk us through a little bit of like what this traveling was like. I mean, a lot of people move to like Nashville and stuff whenever they're trying to become big country artists and you moved to Texas, which is another really big country music hub. So, I mean, a lot of times people don't come back from those places when they move there. You obviously went back. So, I mean, kind of talk a little bit about what the, the, you know, the, the travel, the moving, you know, and, and, and all this kind of stuff.
2: Well, uh, the move, uh, the, the move to Texas was uh, something that is uh, will never, you know, it's a it just leave it's a mark on my whole life that I'll never ever forget, and I, I hope to get back there. Um, but uh, the reason, you know, why I, there's a lot of reasons why I'm back in Vermont. One of them was um, uh, I had a, a family member that was uh, deathly ill. Uh, that was dying, and it was very close family member, and uh, I wanted to be here for her. And um, then there was a number of things too. Uh, financially um, was kind of a big thing why I was kind of forced to come back home. Um, that's busted in Texas, ain't no lie. I'm telling you, I was <laughs> busted, and you know the options were kind of ran out for me. And so that's another reason I came back. Plus I was homesick too. Um, yep. but I, I chose Texas because I, you know, Nashville was a thought, but what I was hearing up here on country radio, I, I didn't like, I didn't like what I was hearing. And I said, I don't want to be involved in a scene that's, um, putting this out. I said, uh, there's gotta be some real stuff still alive out there. So <clears throat> when I went to Texas, I found it. And uh there's the real deal down there. Real country music. And you know, there in Oklahoma, and, and then you get into that red dirt kind of uh music scene. Yeah, um, which has just got some just fabulous stuff. I, I dig a Reckless Kelly, Cross Canadian Ragweed, I mean just so many great bands coming out of there. Charlie Robinson, a big Texas guy. Um but you know I loved it down there. The music was very it was organic, it was real and texas was so damn big i mean you could just there's artists down there that just they don't leave texas
0: yeah they, they might they a- might
2: go into oklahoma or something maybe but it just seems like they tour texas because it's so damn big and they you know
1: I had a
0: rock band on here, and they were pretty much kind of saying the same thing. That they uh, most of the time when they go on uh, tours, they go on runs. Uh, it's just throughout Texas, and you know, being from Alaska, I know what it's like to live in a huge state. Yeah, that's true. Um, but there's not the there's not the cities or even the towns like what they have in Texas. So oh, yeah, Texas not, is you're not touring Alaska because there's, there's nothing to tour. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean,
2: if you, if you get out into West Texas, it's kind of more open and barren, but I mean, even out there, I mean, you go to El Paso, I mean, there's just millions of people living there. Um, uh, San Antonio. I think I remember when I moved to Austin, I looked at the population marker and it said 790,000 people in Austin <laughs> and wow. the state of Vermont that i come from its whole population in the state is like six hundred and (laughs) sixty thousand. yeah so i went from that into like just a city that was bigger than my whole state and uh then i you know i didn't have enough of that so i moved to san antonio which had 1.3 million people in it at the time it's probably one and a half now um but that's what's wonderful about texas Uh, they love and support live music all throughout the state it seems like and there's just an endless you know venues from small little bars coffee houses to you know dance halls to you know whatever you're looking for you can find it down there so
0: i'm i'm really digging i'm really digging the accent you have this you have this uh this uh, hybrid of uh of country <laughs> slang but you you kind of you you veer off into the uh the east coast with the uh when you know, yeah, they got these. Oh, yeah, guys, boss, you know,
2: <laughs> I get that all the time. I like, love I'll it. be playing live or something. And then yeah. after the show, they'll come up to me and they're like, oh, are you from down south? And I'm like, well, no, I said, I'm, I've am i lived in Vermont most of my life. And they're like, oh, they're like, I swear you, you sound like you were from down south. <laughs> but yeah. I don't know, maybe it's like a subconscious thing. I I'm not sure. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, it's not, it's not quite. It's not quite as heavy, but yeah, every so. No, once. no, like that's said, for sure. Like I said, it's not. I've had a lot of people on from uh, from the East Coast, so it's, uh, you know, uh, New York and everything. And uh, I've actually been able to kind of pick up um, the slight. <laughs> I guess you'd call them dialects, the slight differences oh, yeah. in, in where people are from in in the New England area, and uh, and I can hear the difference between. Um, yeah, I probably couldn't pick it out in a blind listening contest, but the difference between somebody in like Maine versus somebody from massachusetts you know what i mean like it's exactly there is even though it's all that east coast it's and once you start getting further away from the coast um the accent tends to die off a little bit more too you know so Mm -hmm. so vermont you know is kind of coming a little bit farther farther
2: Oh, vermont's got its own accent trust me
0: yeah Um, well i've i've been i've contemplated moving to uh uh new hampshire a few times Um, oh yeah and uh and so I've talked with uh, quite a few people over there, uh, and it's the same thing. It's it's a slightly, uh it's def- definitely not as prominent as the people from Boston, but uh, no, it's there. You know, yeah, it is. <laughs>
2: so on certain words, uh, yeah, you can hear. I remember once I was with a buddy of mine who I thought had a very thick Vermont accent, and uh we went to I think it was a Hooters. <laughs> we went to or I
0: remember those. <laughs> and
2: and uh, this, the waitress comes up and. Uh, she's talking to us and she looks at me and she's like, uh, "Oh, you have an accent. <laughs> and I was like, what do you mean? She's like, yeah, you, you kind of go like a Vermont accent. And I was like, really? I was like, well, what about my friend here? What do you think? And she's <laughs> like, no, I, I don't hear him have an accent at all. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> so I guess it's all in the ear of the beholder. So all speak. in the ear <laughs> of the beholder. I
0: dig that. <laughs> so, um, Another thing that I always like to uh, uh, find out from artists is, uh, and I always get the typical answer of uh, my guitar or something, you know, something yeah. kind of jokey like that. But uh, you know, wh- there's a lot of different pieces of gear out there, uh, from amps to uh, mm-hmm. pedals and 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 all kinds of things. So, I mean, what what is your favorite piece of gear? Or, or sometimes I like to phrase the question: What what piece of gear do you not think you can get through a show without? Oh, jeez, I know. There's so much out there, huh?
2: <laughs> well, uh, well, it, for me, it's different settings, too, because some nights I'm with my full band. Some nights I'm with just my pedal steel player doing an acoustic thing. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just with me in my acoustic. Um, I guess I'll tell you this. My favorite uh, piece of gear for me would be my voice. I <laughs> couldn't do anything a, without my voice.
0: That, I haven't had that. Okay,
2: because <laughs> right, if there's if I can't sing, it doesn't matter if I'm holding my guitar. It doesn't matter if I got all my pedals and they're all plugged in or my amps working. got to start with the voice, I guess, and go from there. So. Yeah, I'll I'll say that. That's my favorite piece of gear, the one that God gave me.
0: (laughs) I dig it. I dig it. So uh, right here, we'll kind of leave this open. Um, This is kind of where I allow uh, artists to throw shout-outs or plugs. I think that stuff's really important, as well as if you think I might have uh, missed anything or we might have not covered anything that you think uh, people need to know about. So um, I'll link to your music and everything in the show notes like I always do um okay. but once again this is kind of all you feel free to plug or throw shout outs wherever you need
2: okay uh well i guess uh i'd just like to throw a shout out to everybody who's listening um all the listeners to the podcast i'd like to say hey um it's been a pleasure uh talking and uh i hope you've enjoyed the show and i if you want to get a hold of me or uh, listen to some of my music you can find me on facebook um i'm also on twitter I uh, believe my Twitter handle is uh, TbrickVT, uh, for Tbrick Vermont, you know, abbreviated. Um, and I'm also on uh, YouTube, of course. Um, and my official website is uh, timbrickmusic.com. And uh, you can find my music on Pandora, Spotify, I'm, you know, not hard to find, that's for sure. Just uh, type in my name and I'll, I'll come up and uh, hopefully it will be with the correct picture. Because <laughs> you never know with uh, the internet what they will throw up there. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that and uh, you know just a shout out to all the country music fans out there, um, all the let me change that all the fans of music that are looking for the real deal because it's still out there and uh, there's a lot of great independent artists out there um, pumping away and working hard and trying to get the their music out to you. And uh, I can't thank you enough, Rocky, for having me on. Oh, and, you're uh, welcome. A big shout out to all your listeners too. Um, you know, without people's support, it, you know, it wouldn't matter that's singing true. a song if nobody's there to listen to it. So
0: <laughs> that that's true. That's very true. So the the next song we're going to hear, the song we're going to close out on, is called uh, "Neon Cross." So let's kind of uh, break this one down as well.
2: Neon Cross. This is my this is my favorite song on the album. Um, because uh, unfortunately with songwriters, uh, a lot of us, we have to put ourselves in such dire straits of pain and depression and heartache and to, to, for the art, you know, for the news, yeah. so to speak. And uh, <laughs> well, this was this song came about uh, basically I, I was inspired that once again, I, I came up Neon Cross when I would come back from Austin and I would head south on 35 down towards San Antonio, I would know I'd be getting close because I would see this 400 foot cross in the night with these neon colors It would go from like purple to then yellow to orange, you know? And so that was kind of always a signal that I was, I uh, wasn't far away from home. And, um, so I was like, well, that'd be like a cool song title. So I wrote it down and, um, few weeks later, um, I was just really, really down and uh, just thinking about, you know, where I was, my surroundings and um, what I was doing, what what was my direction. And uh, um, so and that's what came out was that song. And so that's why it's my favorite one, because I think that one was kind of uh, came from the deepest depths of the flame. You know, It, it was that was forged in something different. Than uh, some of my other songs are, and uh, it it just speaks to me every time I play it, and, and I always introduce it. I tell people I was like, this is a song about trying to find your way in life, and I said I dedicate it to all the people who are searching because I'm right there with you, and I'm I'm still searching, so.
0: Well, it's great. I always love hearing stories about people that have a a strong, strong connection to a song they write. And there's usually that one song with every artist that has that real, real strong connection to them. So, yeah, always great to hear the story. It's going to be Tim Brick, Neon Cross.
1: Austin, northbound on 35, six strings by my side, leaving San Antonio. hills of my home Now I'm traveling down a hard of road towards a neon cross they got Jesus on His fancy lights Showing me The sins of my life As if I didn't know them With all the roads I've traveled The scars and the trials That I've survived
0: to have a country artist on the show who I, I, I really like the integrity country. That uh, description of a genre uh, is, is pretty awesome. I, I like it more than I like the country with an edge. I like that integrity aspect because the, I'm a country fan. I, I, I like all different forms of music, but uh, there's something about country that has influenced my personal songwriting. Um that I just don't find in, in newer country music. And I think that, uh, we should take music for what it is and the pop country for, you know, what it is. I mean, there's good music in every category. I think I probably said that on the show. If not, I said it off the air to Tim and, but there's just something about, um, yeah, this integrity country that, you know, you we've lost it, you know, and, and country was so centered around storytelling and, you know, connecting with listeners. And I think what Tim said about it just seeming like it's just a big party all the time is, uh, it's just not true. You know, it's, it's like, uh, country music took what, uh, Kid Rock's cowboy, uh, you know, the, the elements of that and put it into country music. It's not a, a constant party. And these people, you know, work their asses off day in and day out. And, uh, and, you know, they have a quality of life that's, uh, based in moral values. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a total recreation of something that's uh, special. And so to see people in this movement to bring this back, uh, I really like it. I really appreciated it. Well, once again, I would like to thank everybody for listening. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star review. I have included links to Tim's pages and his music in the show notes don't forget to follow us on facebook and twitter at noisemakerpod if you have any questions feel free to email me at noisemakerpod at gmail.com and until next time don't stop following your dreams